Today's episode is brought to you by Little Learners Love Literacy, an evidence-based literacy program. Little Learners Love Literacy believes all children can be successful readers, writers, and spellers. They just need the right tools, explicit teaching, plenty of practice, and the right support. To help support your child to read, write, and spell with confidence, visit littlelearnersloveliteracy.com.au today. Hello and welcome. Well, if you're a parent who wants to help your child to read and write and spell better with flow and ease, tune in as you're in the right place. If you're also a parent who went to primary school in the 80s or 90s and have noticed that the way that we learned to read back then was completely different approach and technique to then how uh, your children are learning and being taught today, then you're not alone. Today, we are here to help point out what the, the difference is in these techniques so you can um, best support your child as we welcome our special guest, Olivia Dernan, an industry expert in the field of children's literacy. Now, just a little bit about our guest. Olivia is a primary educator and is really passionate about providing every student with the opportunity to read and write and spell with confidence. Uh, And after many years in the classroom, Olivia transitioned to a role with a company called Little Learners Love Literacy uh, as their teacher, coach, consultant. And she supports other educators in implementing their program uh, and helping and as many students as possible to become confident and successful readers. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Thanks, Rachel. I'm really excited to be here today chatting with you. Likewise, I'm really excited to be chatting with you also. And for everyone watching and listening, just to establish what the other things that we're going to be chatting about today, I'm really going to be picking Olivia's brain and discussing, you know, just helpful information that's going to help you guys watching and listening um, on things like the current evidence of the science of reading, you know, what the difference really is between the whole language approach that we learnt and and I guess the, the system and the techniques that are being used today um, and provide you with insight into just the reading strategies that your child should be taught in the classroom as well, just some things that you can be doing at home. Now, Olivia, I just wanted to establish that I understand that all of this sort of stuff started around about 20 years ago, near 2000, give or take. And in, during that time, that there's been much debate and discussion just about the best way to teach children to read, um, that there was a, uh, in the year 2000 that there was a, um, a study done in the States that, that, that has led to this, this shift and change. Can you just tell me a little bit about that and what your thoughts are on that? Yeah, absolutely. So there is um, a lot of ongoing research around this really valuable topic um, and quite a few studies have been done, um, not just uh, in 2000, but many big studies that have taken place that help us to find the best way to teach students to learn to read. Um, And you sort of mentioned the uh, 80s and 90s in your um, intro there, Rachel, um, and that's when I went to school. Um, And uh, the way that I learned to read then was actually different to the way that um, my parents learned to read. So we've actually done a bit of a a circle. So um, early on, uh, people were taught to read with a phonics-based approach. And then in the 80s, um, there was a theory put forward 
that children actually um, didn't potentially need to um, be taught how to decode, but instead that if they were immersed in um, enough um, reading with their parents or with their teacher, that they would just learn to read. Thankfully, um, there has been a shift back now um, because we know, um, unfortunately, we saw our literacy rates um, in Australia and other parts of the world were really declining. Um, and so we now know that in order to teach students to read, um, that we need an explicit um, approach using uh, systematic synthetic phonics, which we'll talk more about today, I'm sure. Yes, I'm going to pick your brain on this. Um, but, I mean, as a parent yourself and, and a teacher, like no doubt you really I do understand. You've got skin in the game, um, just the complexities, just the big feelings associated with a child starting school. They've got enough going on, as we know. Um, and we know that all parents and carers, everybody just wants to support you know, children as best they can. However, in the field of helping, you know, children to teach how to how to read, write and spell, many parents seems like they've become a little unstuck. Notice the teaching techniques have changed a little bit as we've established. Um, but overall, it seems that the approach to reading instruction has evolved significantly over the past few decades. Could you just start by just maybe clarifying what is the difference between what we learnt, and that is called the whole language approach, um, and uh, the phonemic awareness techniques um, used today? Absolutely. So, um, yes, I have skin in the game and so do parents, but um, <laughs> because this is such a vital skill of reading, this really, um, our whole society depends on our students and our children growing up knowing how to read. So to answer your question, um, a whole language approach to reading um, from the past, um, uh, as we just sort of mentioned largely came about in the 80s and 90s, uh, is where you um, just read text. So you might remember the sort of predictable readers that you read. I can run, I can jump, yeah. I can fly, for example. Um, and the picture would help you to prompt you to um, make sense of what was happening. Um, but really there was a lot of guessing involved um, and a lot of memorisation of some of those words. So in a nutshell, that's sort of the whole language approach um, so I guess the nature of whole language, you're memorising the whole word. Okay. Um, phonics, on the other hand, um, is the understanding that the sounds of our spoken language, which we call phonemes, can be expressed by letters or combinations of letters, which we call graphemes. But um, phonemes, sounds, graphemes, letters, um, and they make up our written language, um, as we know. So it's the skill set of using this body of knowledge, known as the alphabetic code, in order to read and spell words. Okay, um, cool. So we can unpack that a little bit more um, if you like, um, yes. because some of that is a bit complex. So let me just get this straight and make sure I'm hearing this right. So while the whole language approach that we learnt emphasises the importance of reading for meaning and context more so, rather than today's phonemic awareness techniques, focuses really on the individual sounds and the letters that make up the word, providing, I guess, children with just that foundational uh, skills that they need to really help them learn to read and to be confident. Uh, would would, would that be right? Yeah, you've nailed that. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So we all know also that, that reading to your child is really, really important with helping them to develop language and just to build comprehension skills in general. I mean, can I ask a question? I mean, can reading aloud to your child, does that actually help them learn to read at all? 
So that's a great question. This um, idea that reading aloud to your child um, would support them in learning to read is sort of the basis of that whole language approach that we know now um, to not be um, evidence-backed. Um, and so what that idea is is that um, uh, they presented that the idea that learning to read was like learning to speak. Um, so learning to speak and to listen are biologically natural skills. So unless we have um, a disability that prevents us from doing so, our brains are hardwired to learn to um, speak and listen. The idea was that um, they were also hardwired to learn to read um, and that we just had to be immersed in listening to other people read. The science shows us that that is not actually the case. Yeah. Um, so while um, reading to your child, of course, has lots of um, benefits and lots of value, um, breaking it down, um, again, back in the 80s, um, Goff and Tumner presented, this was in 1986, they presented the simple view of reading, um, which suggests that there's two parts to reading, decoding and language comprehension. So these are both vital skills in order to be able to learn to read. You need to have both. So you need to be able to decode, and that's where the phonics component comes in, that ability to connect the letters to a sound and crack that code. But language comprehension is also really important. So um, we need to have um, varied vocabulary um, and the ability to, um, you know, build those skills as well. So if you are reading to your child regularly, you're going to help broaden their um, language comprehension and their vocabulary. So that is going to build that skill for them in order to support them to learn to read. But if they have great language comprehension skills and not the ability to decode, they're actually still not going to be able to learn to read. So it's a balance of gotcha. building both of those skills. So confirming that reading to your child is really important, as we know, to develop those language skills and those fundamental skills um, to reading comprehension, but it doesn't actually teach children to read. Gotcha. Heard that. That's right. Gotcha. Two to it. <laughs> now, I also wanted to acknowledge that we published your article titled Parents' Guide to uh, Early Literacy Education. And within that article, which we've got a link in the show notes, um, you mentioned that the there's the science of reading. Could you just tell us in, um, in brief what is the science of reading? Absolutely. So this builds a little bit about what we talked about before and all of those um studies and the research that we talked about. So the science of reading refers to a vast interdisciplinary disciplinary body of scientifically based research about reading and the issues related to reading and writing. Mm-hmm. So this research has been conducted over the last five decades across the world, not just um, in Australia, but it's derived from thousands of studies conducted in multiple languages. Uh, so the science of reading has culminated in a preponderance of evidence to inform how proficient reading and writing develop. Uh, it talks about why some children have difficulty and how we can most effectively assess, teach, and therefore improve student outcomes through prevention of and intervention for reading difficulties. And this definition comes from the Reading League, um, where you can also find a wealth of other informative resources about the science of reading. Awesome. Now, I just want to do a quick deep dive exactly what is phonics teaching and why is it so, so important? Absolutely. So as I just um, sort of touched on a little bit earlier, phonics is the understanding that the sounds of our spoken language can be expressed by those letters or graphemes. Um, So as I said, we'll unpack that a little bit more because the terminology is a little bit um, foreign to most of us. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So 
In terms of phonemes, when I say that, I'm talking about the sounds. And within the English language, there are 42 to 44 phonemes. And that varies just depending on your dialect. And these sounds combine to make up all of our spoken words. So if you can hear and manipulate these 44 spoken sounds or phonemes, um, you can say and hear everything within the English language. Gotcha. So that's phoneme. Grapheme is the letter or group of letters that we read or write, so what's um, recorded on the page. And graphemes can be one letter. Um, an example of this is M, representing the sound M, uh, or it can be two letters representing one sound, like S and H together making the SH sound, representing SH. Gotcha. Um, there, there are even trigraphs, Rachel, um, and quadgraphs, so um, three letters, producing one sound like I-G-H in I, in words like flight. Um, and um, an example of a quadgraph, um, E-I-G-H making the A sound in eight. Oh, I see, so, I see. Yeah, so a phonics program like Little Learners Love Literacy explicitly teaches the relationship between sounds and letters, and we call these our phoneme grapheme correspondences. Okay. Um, yeah. So is it right to say that phonics and the phonemic awareness techniques, they're like helping children to understand what we say, like building blocks of language to support their reading development? And I guess these methods really um, that children are taught to recognise the letters or the groups of letters by sounding them out and saying them as they and what they represent, would you say? Yes, absolutely. So to, to build on that idea about um, sounding out, so um, more specifically, Little Learners is a, um, it teaches a systematic synthetic phonics approach using a synthetic phonics approach. And this means that we explicitly teach children those phoneme grapheme correspondences in an efficient and systematic order. So it's very purposeful in the order that the um, sounds and letter combinations are taught. Um, and why we do that is so that children can blend or synthesize. That's where the synthetic component comes from. That's synthesizing in order to blend the sounds together um, to read words from a very early point in their school career. Okay. Um, so teaching phonics is giving someone the instructions for how to crack that alphabetic code that we discussed earlier. Okay. So so phonics is a method of teaching reading by introducing that relationship between the letters and the blending of the corresponding sounds. Right, gotcha. And the phonemic awareness, on the other hand, is the ability to hear, identify, and I guess manipulate the individual sounds. Um, Absolutely. So in spoken words. Hearing a, yeah, so hearing a word like cat, if I take the k and change it to a s, what's the new word that I have? So swapping one sound in for the other, being able to hear um, the sounds as well. So that's really important for the spelling component. So we know parents um, care a great deal about spelling um, and it's a really important skill. Um, we often say at Little Learners that good um, good readers won't necessarily be good spellers, but the reverse, that if you're a good speller, you'll definitely be a good reader. And that's because these processes are flip sides of the same coin. So um, the first is reading and we refer to that as decoding. Um, and so you can decode words by matching the print to the sound and saying each sound in the written word and then blending them together. So an example of this is if I see the word cat on the page, I know the C represents k and the A represents at and so forth. And then I take these phonemes and I blend them together to read cat. And then I can link that word to the meaning I've stored in my memory. For example, my son at the moment, he is um, 
18 months old, every time we see a cat, we point to it, we say cat, and that will link to his um, meaning for the word. So then the reverse process is spelling or encoding. And you can encode by matching sounds to print um, and hearing the word. For example, you hear the word dog, you segment it. And segmenting means that we break it up into those small phoneme parts. Um, so we can hear d or g. And then I need to recall in my memory um, the letters that represent those sounds um, and write them down. So this is a much harder skill, um, which is why we say that if you're a good speller, you will be a good reader. So what you're talking about now, Olivia, is that phonics-based reading instruction? Is that is that what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as, as we said, um, we use a systematic synthetic phonics approach. Um, so teaching phonics is when you just, is just that idea of a letter um, represents a sound or a group of letters represent a sound, but building a lot more deeply into that um, a systematic approach um, encompasses that specific order um, and the focus on that ability to blend and segment as well. So pushing, putting the sounds together and taking them apart as well. So phonics-based reading instruction sounds like that it begins with basic letter recognition and that, that's really followed by the introduction of the common sounds and the blends after that um, and is it right to say that children really would you say I guess are taught I guess to blend the individual sounds together to form words and to use I guess the context just the clues because the whole thing is 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 trying to figure out the unfamiliar words isn't it so this is a technique that will help them to really if they get stuck to be able to so and That's the decoding, is, is it? Yeah, so this is building on your ideas um, from the context that you've come from. And this is a really common thing that we see, Rachel, even with our teachers. So what's great about this strategy is that um, we don't need the pictures anymore. We don't need um, the, the clues or things to help us. If we use this strategy, we will be successful every time um, because we will know how to decode um, the word and that will tell us what the word is it takes away the need to rely on picture cues which once we reach um you know grade two grade three those pictures are gone um and it um takes away that idea that we need uh, to make the take meaning from the sentence um in order to make sense of the word instead we will just know what the word is because of our <laughs> skills with decoding Gotcha. So that phonemic awareness, on the other hand, really involves just the more advanced skills, which is really the segmenting of the words into the individual sounds and manipulating those sounds really and blending them back together to form new words. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so phonemic, phonemic awareness and phonics are two terms that come under the umbrella of phonological awareness. Um, and so they're both um, really important skills. The Key difference being that phonics refers to um, the letters and the sounds that represent them, whereas, sorry, the um, sounds and the letters that represent them, whereas phonemic awareness is an oral skill. It can be done in the dark. There are no letters involved. So we can do that to you. I can say, Rachel, if I say the word cat, you say cat. cat. Can you say cat? cat. Yes. Can you say, um, can you say cat? With a instead of a with a, with an s. So yeah. So say cat. Cat. Yeah. And change k to what's the new word? Sat. Beautiful. So okay, you've used phonetic there. awareness there, and it is because this is a skill that you would not be used to. Whereas, sorry, um, I have no. Please don't be sorry. This highlights. I just snorted um, too. <laughs> this highlights, Rachel, that um, 
while you're um, able to um, to read, now you've established those skills. You don't have necessarily that phonemic awareness. You will get there, but you need to think a little bit more about it. My students that I teach that are six, five, six and seven can do this with their eyes closed really easily because they've been taught this skill and that really supports them um, then in their reading and their writing. You can see how that skill is really going to support them in their spelling. If they know that um, they need to change a particular sound, for example, they can really tune into each part of the word. Um, and use that successfully. Yeah, so that's phonemic awareness. It doesn't rely on any letters, basically. So, so I guess this whole um, technique, as, as you mentioned a few times now, helps children to to become better spellers and writers because it gives them, I guess, that deeper understanding of the relationship between sounds and letters. Um, Absolutely. Gotcha. <laughs> now, in your article, you also mention uh, decodable books, which you've mentioned earlier on as well. Um, but the, the the books themselves helped, um, you know, to, to teach this technique. Can you explain what they are? Of course. So decodable books are like our secret ingredient for success. Um, what's important about them is that they only use the sounds and letters children have been explicitly taught um, and a handful of taught heart words, which allow them to apply their learning and build confidence. So we talked about that systematic um, approach and so we teach all of the sounds in a very purposeful order so our stage one books for example we have uh, fiction um, and non-fiction texts they contain words comprised from only eight letters and sounds so um, in the first term of primary school um, the children are taught the sounds mm, and e and the letters that represent them um, and so these first um, this first stage of books is made up only of those letters and sounds um, so you might be wondering how you could create a meaningful story using only these words um, but that's where our really ingenious authors have um, come to play and they've created over 15 books um, at this stage alone so we have um, stages one right through um, you know we have I think over 10 different stages of books um, and within just one particular stage there are 15 books and this um, allows that the students have lots of opportunities to practice and apply their skills so they've been taught those sounds um, and the letters that represent them and then with these books they've got lots of opportunities to practice Um, so these are books that the children love to read with words that they can read Um, and rather than relying on picture cues like we talked of earlier or guessing strategies the reader must use their knowledge of graphemes and phonemes to decode and read the words independently. Cool. So what I'm hearing, tell me if I've heard this right. So the decodable books, I, I guess, are a type of reading material that designed to help young children to learn to decode and sound out the words, making it much easier for them to just develop their reading skills overall. And these books, these de- decodable books, are made up of words that follow that specific um, pattern um and allowing children to recognize and sound out the words a lot more easy and that sort of just you know develops confidence and becomes more fun which makes which just makes the whole thing just grow and develop a lot faster would you say absolutely yes and um you know having taught upper primary um once students get to sort of um year three um having been taught with a whole language approach we find that the um wheels sort of start to fall off then if they haven't been taught with this approach um and that really um it brings reluctant readers and children who don't like reading. Really, um, there's so much to be gained from reading 
outside of learning, just the joy of reading. Yeah. Um, and we unfortunately really see that taken away from children if they're not um, taught with this approach. So that's what's great about these texts. So would you say that the decodable books are typically used uh, and best used, as you've, you've just said, earlier on, the earlier the better, in the early stages of when children are learning the relationship between the letters and the sounds? Um, and then as as the children progress through the levels, the, the, the decodable books, um, and as they encounter more complex words, and I guess the sentence structures are a big part, obviously, too, which helps just to be, build their overall reading and comprehension skills, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. So um, because the Little Learners Program and other synthetic um, phonics programs are built in this systematic way. Um, what that means is that there's a cumulative approach. So you're continuing to practice those um, early sounds that we talked about where one letter represents one sound. And as, as you work through um, the scope and sequence, um, things become more sophisticated. You start to look at those digraphs we discussed where yeah. two letters represent one sound. Um, so that kind of covers the first year of schooling. Um, once you get into um, year one, as we call it here in Victoria, um, in Australia, that becomes, um, we start to talk about the long vowel sounds, um, our controlled vowels. And so the hope is that as you approach the end of year one, you will have unpacked all of that alphabetic code that we spoke about um, and you'll have exposure to all of the um, graphemes or the really high frequency ones um, and that will mean that you will have success in reading anything. So once you sort of get to the end of um, prep year one or year two, you'll be able to access any material because you'll have the code for all books, which yeah. is really exciting. Yeah, I really believe that building confidence um, in in this ability to be able to read is so crucial in all stages of, of their education, and just to develop that that reading fluency. I think it's one of those things that's so important. And and the primary advantages that these books help children is just to feel successful and confident um, that really that they're beginning to read independently, um, and no doubt by presenting you know children with words that are just easy to sound out um, just helps them to be able to experience just that joy of reading from an early age which you've just mentioned is just so important to give them just that confidence now would you say I guess the advantages of the decodable books are that it provides children with a sense of structure and routine overall um absolutely and it's that idea that they're not faced with any of the um sounds that they haven't yet been taught so they are going to feel that success that you've spoken about um, and that underpins all great learning. We want to learn when we are successful. Um, and so as they continue through these texts, um, they know exactly what's required of them. That goes for the learning resources that accompany the decodable texts. Um, so everything is broken down into really small steps. It's very explicitly taught so that the children know exactly what is expected of them. Um, and that means that they just continue to have success and that just keeps building and building and building. Yeah, and it sounds like, as you were saying, the whole program with the books um, and the series of books that follow, it's got that same, I guess it's, it's a predictable pattern is probably the best way to describe it maybe. Um, it seems that children are really able to, to de develop, I guess, that sense of it's real mastery, I think, and control over their reading skills. And it really does sound like these decodable books are a really, really valuable resource for helping children to learn um, and just really provide them just with that confidence, um, which is just brilliant. Now, we're on that. Um, how can parents help their children at home? What can they actually do? 
Because I know that the yeah, article wonderful. lists four different things, so I'm all ears. Yeah, so um, there are many ways that we can help our children um, at home, both in the early years um, and once they've started school as well. Um, so reading to your child, as we talked about, while it's not going to teach them to read, um, there are so many valuable things that they can take away from that. Um, so reading to your child is really important. Um, reading a wide range of um, different types of texts um, and showing them what a successful reader sounds like with the way that you um, use voices, for example, in stories and when you um, use expression to inform the way that you read. Um, and that idea of um, building that phonemic awareness at home that we spoke about. So being able to hear, uh, say and play with the sounds or those phonemes is, is crucial to reading and spelling uh, success. So you can be um, working on activities like that um, at home with your child as well. Um, so our um, resources actually support you in doing that. Um, there's a newsletter that goes home, for example, for parents that talks about um, this week, we're learning about Milo the monkey. Milo makes the mm sound and Milo likes things that start with mm. So you might ask your children at dinner, would Milo prefer to have meatballs or spaghetti? Um, and because Milo likes things starting with mm, he would say meatballs. And so these are things that you can be talking about with your um, children at home. Another really important thing, this, so these, all of these skills that we've just spoken about are things that happen before they even start reading. But once they do start to read, um, what's really important is that when your child struggles to read a word, that you encourage them to sound it out and blend it to read. We talked about that being the absolute um, fail-proof method. Have a look at the sounds and then blend them together. So avoid asking them to look at the picture or asking them to memorise the whole word, for example. Um, and then the other key thing is just practice. Um, so you talked about that idea of mastery a little bit earlier. That's a word that we love at Little Learners. Um, and what we want is lots of exposure um, to the focus um, phoneme, graphene, um, correspondence. And that means that with all of that exposure, we're going to build that confidence that we've spoken about. And it's just going to mean that when we're using those particular sounds, that the um, automaticity of the way that we read is going to continue to improve. And that just takes the stress off our brains so that we can start to focus on enjoying the book and thinking about what's taking place. Mm -hmm. um, so practice, 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 I would say. And it sounds like you, you guys have some really fun games and activities just to like provide this practice. So it becomes, I guess, part of the daily practice. But I mean, the fun, I think, element is the most important thing. Um, so with, I guess, what parents can take away from this chat today, what would be your key messages? Um, and I guess overall, what the Little Learners Love Literacy uh, Program um, and your decodable books um, sort of provides? Absolutely. So I guess the key idea is that um, don't be alarmed if you find that your child is um, learning to read in a way that is unfamiliar to you. There are lots of ways that you can um, get informed so that you can continue to be a great support to your child. Um, as um, you've mentioned, Rachel, we've got a range of games and activities that you can be using at home um, that will build on what's taking place in the classroom. Um, so you can access all of those on our Little Learners Love Literacy website, but there's also endless information there that you can access. So articles that talk um, in detail about the science of reading um, and um, lots of references to that research and information that we spoke about earlier. Um, you can find um, how-to videos about how you can use our resources and our decodable books online as well. 
Um, so there's lots that can be accessed both at our website and on our YouTube channel as well. Perfect. So if parents and carers, I guess, have got any questions and or want to learn more about your program and, and or purchase any of the books, where can they find you? What's the actual domain address? So yes, it's uh, littlelearnersloveliteracy.com.au and you can also email us at hello at learninglogic.com.au um, and our customer service team will get back to you really promptly um, with some really great um, and insightful support. Absolutely brilliant. I've had an absolute ball today, Olivia. Thank you so much for all this information and all those links will be in the show notes. You take care and I really hope to have a chat with you again in the not too distant future. But until then, take care, stay safe and we'll chat soon. See ya. Thanks so much for having me, Rachel. Have no a nice afternoon. Okay, bye. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.